It's the Bigs. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. You already know what time it is. It's the Bigs. A drive the other way. It's going to go. Cubs lead. Number 11 for Javi. Officially rocking with the Bigs. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Two nothing socks. It's us, the big. Oh, oh my goodness, Zach Or get out the way. Woo. You're rocking with the bigs. Right here on the Bigs Radio Network. And just like that, you're officially rocking with the bigs. Again. Wanna, again, right back at him. Like the man Ho said, guess who's been Zach in the building, man? I'm one half of the Underground Kings of Chicago Sports. Y'all can call me T-Tom. Usually catch us in every single locker room or clubhouse in Chicago, but today we're coming to you live from the Mets Studios to talk some sense into the Chicago sports world. What's good, brother? Shout out to the family members here at Mets, man. You already know who it is. Gino, a.k.a. Go ahead and say it, man. Mama. There goes that man. Shout out to Mark Jackson, man, uh, getting blackballed by the NBA, but that's a whole nother story, man. We can I talk heard about him. I heard, I heard Iggy touch on that. Yeah. People, you know, we, we've been waiting to hear, you know, some specifics about why Mark Jackson is sitting on the sidelines. That was cool to hear. But, uh, you know, man, a couple of weeks in between time and so much has happened, man. Um, NBA draft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a new NBA champion. Excuse me. Go back a little bit further. The Toronto Raptors. No, this is not the Twilight Zone. This is actually what is going on in 2019. The Toronto Raptors led by the Claw. Ah-ha-ha-ha. Ha, ha. What it do, baby? Mm-hmm. Was he rolling up when he was in that? You know, you know the stance. He, he looked like he was, you know, doing something in his lab. I hope That's he was. 1,000% he was rolling oh, up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the, the way he looked at the camera, like, uh. And he boxed, you see he was real kind of. <laughs> Specific with the angle, he was like, "I can get y'all this far, but come back." Yeah, come back. Okay. Anybody that's ever been in that position in the backseat of the whip, y'all know what it is, man. Exactly. Uh, but uh, the Raptors are champions. A week later, we have a new point guard in Chicago, Kobe White. Um, we didn't get Zion. Yes, it's true. We tanked and did not get Zion, but instead we, we're going home with Kobe White and the big man. We're going to have to look up his name. My bad, homie. But yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it is that's in, in Bulls' foul, world. That's kind of man. Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Yeah. I'm looking at you, y'all. That was a oop. Damn, bro. <laughs> that's, what it is for, that's what it is for Bulls' world because I was honestly watching the draft for non-Bulls reasons. You know what I mean? I Likewise. was try, trying to see where, where our guy Taylor was going. Oh, yeah. Taylor out in L.A. with LeBron and company, Zach Norvell. We got this. All they need now is D. Rose, and we got a, a third of the team is Chicago. Come on now. Simeon is is handling business over there on the west side, on, on the west side of the map. Uh, the Lakers are definitely getting two of my favorite players that we've had a chance to cover on the high school side of things. Zach Norvell uh, a few years ago and Taylor after that. You guys, you know, you guys been holding it down with us. Y'all know that we had a great time covering Taylor Horton Tucker. We felt like we were kind of the ones to introduce him into the world, but it, it was only a matter of time when you talk about the talent that he had, uh, the work ethic that he had. It was only a matter of time before he floated to the top. And it was real special. I can't even front. It was a good thing to see on my phone that Woj, 
you know, tweeted out that the Lakers were taking Taylor Horton Tucker in the second round. Yeah, I was a little bit worried. I'm actually still kind of tight. True. Let him know. I thought Taylor was going to be first round. All you, everybody out there that was uh, throwing that around, man, I'm kind of tight at y'all because I was definitely looking forward to hearing my boy get picked in the first round. But better late than never, uh, Taylor gets to go out to L.A., get up with LeBron, AD, get to earn his money. Absolutely. I was looking forward to him getting a guaranteed three-year deal with a fourth, you know, with an option. But it's all good, man. Taylor is a good kid, raised by a great mom. Shout out to Shirley. Absolutely. Got a good family uh, background. Yes. Coming from the North Pole. So he's definitely going to get out there, earn his money, work hard. And, man, I, you know, his 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 upside is what's, is what's really – Key to me. I like, you know, he got that wingspan. He got the killer wingspan. They say he got the same size hands as Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah, with the with the seven-foot wingspan. Yeah. People are looking at that and definitely looking at, at the potential that he brings for sure. So that Summer League, I think Summer League starts July 1st, so I'm interested to see uh, what Taylor has added to his game, being able to – well, I want to see his body. I mean, it hasn't been too long since, you know, from, from Iowa State to – to now, but there's just there should be we should see some type of improvement in his body type. And again, Taylor is a is a kid that comes from the Rob Smith uh, line of Period. fire. So I, Period. I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be ready to go. So I, I so now for the folks who don't know who that is, can you? Drop well, some, Rob yeah. Smith, Robert Smith is like the Phil Jackson of uh, high Chicago high school the, basketball. The one I think, and only. Yeah, I think Rob yes, got sir. six, don't he? Yes, sir. Uh, couple three with D Rose. Three with four with Jabari. Four with Jabari. Yeah. And none, you know, after that, right? None with Taylor. Yeah, Taylor then They took think... home a couple city championships. Yeah. But yeah, Robert Smith, shout out to Rob, Coach Rob. Definitely the Phil Jackson of uh Chicago Absolutely. boys high school. He, he basketball. has a, a way with letting the players be themselves. Like Simeon, just going to the Wikipedia is kind of crazy of how much talent has come out of Simeon basketball. Like Norvell here is the most recent, I would say. Obviously, Rose, obviously, Bari. I forgot about Jalen Tate. Jalen Tate. Jalen Tate. Absolutely. You know, even in the, you, you push it towards like the football and the baseball too. It's crazy. Like Calvin, I forgot about Calvin Brock. Uh, Brock, yeah. I forgot about Calvin Brock. It's crazy. Like this, Kendrick Nunn, of course. Like, damn, I'm just very surprised because I think if you stop paying attention to publicly, or you stop paying attention to preps hoops, you know what I'm saying? As you got older, you forget about the powerhouses, like, and just for the folks who aren't necessarily as up on the game as y'all, are there still those high school basketball powers in the city, or is it more in the burbs now? Uh, I think there's maybe a little more parity now. I think Morgan yeah. Park kind of took over for a minute. C- CPS is definitely still hold- still holding it down, but the last few years it's definitely always been a South Suburbs team. You know, uh, in the mix, you know, trying to trying to prove that hey, you know, we can play with these guys and all of that. That's right. But with that said, CPS is still the cream of the crop, and you know, covering the scene for a few years, I think you hear uh, a lot of talk about where the talent level is compared to where it was a few years ago. But what I, you know, definitely feel is that this is still, you know, the mecca for talent. Like you said, yeah. you look at. You know who's getting drafted, and it's always a, you know one of the best kids out of Chicago getting drafted. Somebody that's going to be working his way up through the ranks that we'll see in the league in the next couple of years. It's just that kind of you know town because that's where you know that's why, that's why we're so prideful in our in the hoop culture here. It's like Texas with football. 
Definitely. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even downstate. Just down turning state, them out. Yeah, but, like, downstate even, you know, Sean Livingston. Like, mm-hmm. it's Andre interesting. Andre Iguodala. Shit. Yeah, so. KD. You claiming him? Hey, we're throwing, we're throwing a, uh, yeah. a lifeboat. We're throwing yeah. a, a floater for he this made, one. He, he made the play, though. He got, look, he got up out of where he needed to go. Oh, yeah, that was the, that was the Chicago side of what we saw right there, forcing his way out real quick with his back against the wall. <laughs> so Yeah, that draft, though, man. Yeah, how do you was, feel overall about the draft? Okay. What, what I mean, I wasn't that? really surprised at any of the picks. I was surprised that Darius Garland fell to – who did he fall to? Cleveland. Oh, right. Hell. Cleveland. Basketball <laughs> hell right now. But, I mean – Getting picked, being a lottery pick in itself is is a blessing. So I'm sure he's happy to just, you know, coming off the knee injury, you know, be able to still be a lottery pick and go and, just go and show his worth. But, again, I wasn't surprised with, with any of the picks. Once Garland got picked, I was pretty sure the Bulls would grab Kobe White. And Kobe White is a really yes. good kid. He's a really good player. But And, and, he, and he, I think that was the thing But the night. Like, your face just said it all right there. Um, it was hard to shake the fact that almost every team there wanted a top three spot and, you know, wanted a top spot. They, you know, everybody there was after Zion. And it was kind of like four on down was, okay, I guess we'll, you know, we'll go with this. And I'm just speaking from, you know, a perspective of looking at the fan base. It was absolutely no reason to be excited on draft night a couple of nights ago. And, and I really, you know, feel that that's where – you know, the Bulls are, they're really an organization that where you look at tough, you know, where you look at it from top to bottom, it's tough to find areas to be excited about. Right. You know, so with the press conference, we know how it goes when John Paxson and, and Garth <laughs> Foreman and our guy, uh, you know, coach gets up there and, you know, they're going to try to 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 pub them up. They're going to try to gas, the, you know, gas the situation up. You heard. Coach say stuff like he has a spirit and a and soul. And a soul. Like, oh, man. <laughs> man. Oh, really, Coach? If those were the criteria, I would have been a 10-year vet. But they said the got the Holy right Ghost. Period. Okay. Period. But the thing is, you know, fans are looking for a reason to be excited. It's going to take us seeing what he has on the court. You know what I mean? It's going to take us seeing if Kobe White can be a, a difference maker on the court to garner some excitement. But I think – if you look at over the past couple of years, this is definitely one of the worst moves of a draft, worst vibes of a draft I've gotten from from Bulls fans. This draft reminds me a lot of 2015 in that, like, outside of that first, like, because that was Towns, Russell, Okafor, and Porzingis, like, the first four. And then from there, it just kind of fell off a cliff because, I mean, you have, like, Zonia, you know, Frank Comiskey, Miles, mm. you know, Miles Turner was there, mm-hmm. Booker was there. Campaign went after Miles Booker. Uh, Who? Campaign, exactly. Campaign. Campaign. He was a lottery pick? He was a 14th pick in the 2015 draft. Wow. Shout but out like, Campaign. But like Scary Terry, 16. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of guys who I think are going to be cogs or necessarily pieces to a, a puzzle, right. but necessarily not the the missing piece, if that yeah, makes sense. I agree with that. And also as, as far as the Bulls and Kobe White is concerned, it's like a player development thing. It's like do they – Throw him in the fire immediately because that's not – I mean, seeing as though the Bulls have no direction, it really doesn't matter if they, like, sign Patrick Beverly or if they sign Terry Rozier or they bring some old vet in to kind of show Kobe White the way or if they just throw him in the fire. I mean, it really doesn't matter. The Bulls aren't going to the playoffs next year. It's another well, It's another run. Yeah, no. But, look, the Bulls do have a direction. You know what I mean? And I, and I do think <laughs> – To mediocrity? Yeah, I, okay. I think that's where they're headed. Unfortunately, like, E, you just touched on it. This was a draft where you needed a player 
that was going to be that difference maker to, to, you know, take your franchise to another level instead of just another piece to the puzzle. Because if you look at the Bulls rosters, it's almost full of those kind of players, full of players that are pieces to the puzzle. Right. Nobody that's a your guy. You feel me? Yeah. But like you said, after one, two, and three, who else was it? I mean, and Darius Garland. Like, not saying that these guys can't turn into Absolutely. something right. in the future, gotta, but the name. got to see what's good. The name ain't there. And why wouldn't they draft Cam Reddish? Man, for, you know. Because they paid Otto Porter all that money. Because they got to pay Otto Porter. And he's got, with that money he's paid. Like, Otto yeah. Porter should be Otto Porter should be on his way somewhere else after his contract. I was over. surprised, honestly, that there wasn't a deal put together. Some people were talking about, like, Levine, but I feel like at this point you keep him. But Porter and Dunn put something together for them. It would have been a low draft pick, but it probably would have – you still would have had some in the first round possibly. But at the same time, it's also like what options can you get back, period. But especially when we had that flurry of trade. Right. I, I thought it was definitely a window for the Bulls to take advantage of somebody's desire to move up. You know what I mean? If you felt like Kobe was going to be there at seven, whatever, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's trade up and trade back. You know what I mean? Let's right. take advantage of somebody. Like the Hawks, the Hawks did. I mean, they were making moves the entire night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think they have actually bettered their roster just by the moves they made. You know, just even just getting DeAndre Hunter by themselves, I feel like was a good pick, just because I feel like he compliments the, the style that I saw them play last year. Right. And I, I'm not as new to this. I'm not as into it as y'all. But like, I'm like, okay, I see. You know, like I see the. You see the, the system. Compliments. Yeah. yeah, because you like you said, you the they direction. found they found their star player, the guy that they putting their their money behind, Trey Young. They already got him. We don't have him. They know what style of basketball they want to play. Yeah. Zach Levine ain't it. Laurie Marketing ain't it. Wendell Carter ain't it. We've been trying to play fast since we had Fred Hoiberg. He's gone. We brought you know, we brought in yeah. our guy. We slowed down. The the thing that's wild to me, so and and I guess the closest example will be the current uh team of of the MVP, Giannis, uh, he got announced yesterday. Mm-hmm. It seems like they were like, okay, cool, we're building around Giannis. We need shooters. We need people we can kick out to, right. so on and forth. If you don't have that person, right? right. It's so you're saying it's not really possible in the modern NBA to not to find success without that key pivotal one person. No, you have to have that. You that can't one do like person. the four centerpiece and just be like a bunch of no names. I mean, you could. Yeah, no, nah, that's over. Well, well, we saw it in Toronto. That's over. We saw but Toronto Kawhi, plug in Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, right. But, but I think in. it has that to be that, in, though, that right. level of play. Right. You know, you're talking about three or four players that would be able to do that for your team right, right. now. Right. Any other way, you have to have that centerpiece that you build around. Right. So, and the Bulls jacked, basically. It's actually kind of interesting. All three of the teams in the NBA who have second, like second generation ownership. Not doing great right now. Knicks, Lakers, Bulls. Um, just, mm. just an aside. Mm. Um, speaking of, let's transition to free agency. How y'all feeling about the free agent moves? Mostly, I guess, just the Anthony Davis trade so far. Things got a little shook up, you know, with uh, with Kevin Durant's injury. You know, we're hearing uh, some changing of the narrative as far as where those guys are going to land right now. And I'm starting to feel, and, I, you know, I want to see what you're thinking. But I'm starting to feel like this is one of those free agencies that's going to reshape the next handful of years. You're talking about players that, like Kimba, who've been on you know the teams that drafted for the last six, seven years. Kimba, that, Kimba said he'll take a pay cut to stick with Big Mike. We'll see. Because, you know, last I saw is Danny Ainge got 
a big target, you know, you know, is looking at Kemba to be his replacement for Kawhi. So, but for of course, Kyrie. we already know how much yeah, for you know these guys can throw. Excuse for Kyrie, uh, but we know how much these guys can throw at him. It's not a mystery, you know, what type of money these guys are going to fetch. Right. So, yeah. what do you what do you think? What, what's going on with it? I mean, just kind of from the looks of it, it feels like this is the most important free agency since like 2010. I would say, right? Like, I feel like that was the last, like, oh, it's about to happen right here. LeBron, yeah. the LeBron era, okay. Yeah. The LeBron going to the Taking heat. my talents. That, right. Yeah. But, like, since then, it's been you have one or two major players and then everybody else. Right. right? And I think that we're kind of in the same place because those two, I mean, those injuries, especially KDs, obviously, kind of reshape everything. Because now, I mean, just my own opinion, but I feel like Kawhi is staying. Definitely, especially with Masai yeah. coming back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Clay is staying. I think I think KD's staying. I mean, because it's basically you punting on a year anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. But because I, it's like I'm, my only thought process is like, okay, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So why you going to enter a new situation? you already the franchise of it. Like if you went to the Knicks, I think that would be the worst case scenario. Why? Because I feel like the Knicks – aren't in a place where they can rehabilitate him to a point where he's going to be as powerful as he could be. Because if they was, I feel like they would be in better shape than they are now. Well, at least they got R.J. Barrett, and they can That's still true. sign someone else. That's true. So you see him and Kyrie been talking the last few weeks, even during the season, they was chopping it up about where each is going to go. So if I'm KD and we're not KD, so it really doesn't no. matter what we oh. think. But yeah, if I was KD... Sure. I'm gone, man. I did what I had well, to do in Golden State. I got my money up. I turned my two hundred into three seventy five. Yeah. I got my two. You, we 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 tried the dynasty. Done. It didn't it didn't pan out. But I got two out of three. Got now those. it's time for me to go somewhere else. In New York, you know, like I said, Rich Rich Kleiman is supposed to get that executive job in New York. So it's only right for his business partner to follow him. Just like A D and, and LeBron. Now, the clutch sports move, man. I definitely think it's something to be said as far as an injury rehab process goes. Because don't you think it's some? Don't they enjoy some kind of familiarity? He rehabbed with in the New process. York. What about Brooklyn coming into the picture? Do you see the that's next? New York? So it could just be the team on the other side of town. Yeah, the 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 up and coming team, but but New York City, the Garden, the Mecca. It has more appeal to it. If you can do it for New York, they ain't want to ship in before the Ewan days, man. They yeah. are so overdue, it's ridiculous. So I think with the start of, like we just said, they got R.J. Barrett. So that's a start. That's letting you know, all right, man, it's, it's time. It's Now is the time. So it's like they're setting the table up. And if they can get – they got room for two. So I'm just saying, man. The Knicks have an interesting little core, too, because you still got Knox. I think Kevin Knox is a little he's, – he's gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson had a crazy year last year. Forgot about the big like, guy. That was a league pass thing for me. I was like, oh, okay, like they're actually put, figuring this out, but they're all super young. But it's like you still need yeah. a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they need a lot. And that's why I'm trying to – you know, I'm wondering, That's why trying I, to convince myself. It's the same situation with the Lakers where it's like, yes, you have these. So let's say they get KD and Kyrie, right? Obviously, Kyrie, uh, Katie's out for the year because he's going to be hurt. But even with those two, it's the same situation as the Lakers. I guess you have those two, but who else do you have? All day. Yeah. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm trying to convince myself on why isn't Golden State the best place for him. At this point where we've seen that they actually do need him. This is a place where he's needed, you know, to, to get them to a 
bona fide championship level. The, you know, the, the Warriors are a unique team because they have won championships or won a championship without KD. But we saw that the league has kind of caught up. And right. Steph and Clay ain't enough, you know, and Draymond ain't enough no more. KD is that that tail, you know, that that scale tipper. You feel me? Like he he just takes him to another level. So I'm trying to you know understand why he would go to a team like the Nets, who's still up and coming, unless it's some personal thing, you know, as the reason that he's leaving this situation to go and stay because it's the best situation you could possibly ever ask. That's for. what I'm saying. Basketball wise, they going to a new stadium. New stadium, but then also you have you're familiar with the the team already. You're familiar with the people there. Plus, I feel like you. I don't think the Warriors without KD this season are going to be in the hunt. Right? I think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I don't think. I think Steph looks around and goes, "Huh? I already got like three. Yeah, I gotta win MVP now. Yeah, I gotta win MVP now by myself, or at least I gotta carry it all on my back. And I don't know if he might take a year off." Get ready for the last run. Because you figure KD coming back, even if he comes back at 75%, I mean. It's pretty good. You might do it. You might get one more. I hear y'all, man. I'm they out. are asking Steph to do a lot, you know, in this yeah. upcoming season. It's going to be interesting to see how management constructs that team. You know, what if they end up getting in the lottery or something. You know what I mean? But, something crazy, yeah. Yeah. I'm out. If I'm KD, I'm out. <laughs> Long story short. Yeah, I'm out. And see, doesn't that see now if the Nets get KD, if Brooklyn gets KD, I'm thinking about where they were three, four years ago when they didn't have any draft picks. And in, in Chicago, we're listening to the front office continuously tell us that this part of the rebuild is not even time to think about mm. getting free agents. Well, I'm like, I'm looking at teams all over the league that have skipped the line. You feel me? It's like, what are we waiting on? What is this imaginary process that y'all have us believing or trying to make us believe is the way to back to prominence? You know, if the Nets get KD and Kyrie. Is it, a, is it just like a cheap thing? They are, they are cheap. They, you know, we got the smart. Like, they, are, they are so uncreative. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's, a, it's checkers to them when it's actually chess. You feel me? It's like. Y'all, one plus one could equal like six if y'all can <laughs> if y'all can finesse a little bit, but they have zero finesse and like in the this spirit is Chicago, of, you have to Gino, finesse. look the fits. I mean, there's no finesse in these guys. I mean, everything that happens to the Bulls falls into their lap. The and, front office is pathetic, man. If you ask me, man, they 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 just continue, like you said, they continually do the same exact thing year by year. There's no way that John Paxson should be 16 years in still with this gig, bro. It's like, it's amazing. If if you're him, on draft night, you had to be, like, kind of sick of this shit. You feel me? You're like, damn, another draft night. I got to talk about this kid. Like, I think he the next Mike. And maybe John Paxson smarter than that. Maybe if I wait until almost midnight, <laughs> midnight. They'll, they'll cancel it and, and I won't have that to face Joe Cowley. It's tough times, you know. I'm sorry that free agency talk has gotten me. Cause ain't no free agents. No free agents coming here, man. The word has been out since 2000 about. Yeah, these cause how guys. many pieces to the puzzle do we have right now? We got like eight players that are people. It's like, when are we going to get this guy? When is this team going to be attractive to a free agent? You know, what are you? What are you guys going to do from this point that can bring in the type of player that's going to change the direction? of this franchise, and it it always comes down to unless things change up top. I wonder what Big Mike said to Kobe White if they talk 
if he gave him a little advice. Hey, watch <laughs> out for them guys, man. You going to Chicago? Oh, take my number, bro. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll Just talk. Look at the look at the banners, but hit me up when you need me, cause you'll need me. <laughs> June 24th, okay, we, we we know who the NBA champion is, but we had no idea who the MVP was. That's, you know, really what my fellas leading into the topic are. We, we found out uh, who MVP was, six-man, coach of the year, everything last night at the NBA Awards. First off, man. What's good? <sighs> Adam Silver, man, you've been on point like 90% of the time. Okay. This one is Huff. Like, come on, brother. Like, we no one. Extreme Huff. Luckily, there was nothing else on to watch unless you you, you want to watch baseball. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was going Luke, back and Lucas forth. Lucas Giolito was playing the Red Sox. Yeah. I was, that was number one on the flashback. And the Cubs were playing the, who, the Braves? Yeah, at the crib. So, hey, I was tuned in. But I'm sure most people aren't avid uh, baseball watchers. They didn't. You know, watch the whole nine innings. So I'm pretty sure the NBA show, you know, they got their numbers up last night. But let's go back to the old school, man. If if you're going to do a show, how about you do the show in between the last game of the season and them few days off before the playoffs? Like the man. Pro Bowl kind of in between. Thank man, yeah. bro. Absolutely. Because put a, put a, a ribbon on the, the regular season right then. Yeah, it's weird that you have to wait this long for the MVP. Yeah. I think it's a regular. If it's a regular season award, give it to it at the end, like all team or whatever it is. They do all that stuff early, yeah. And then so it's like, okay, exactly. It's yeah. like is the MVP should come just a day or two after that. Remember those? It's like okay, here's the the all NBA teams. The next is six right. man. Then we're gonna find out who MVP is. Right. right. Simple and plain. So quick recap of the winners: uh, Luka Doncic won Rookie of the Year. Uh, obviously, Giannis won Most Valuable Player. Interesting there because um, if you haven't seen it, the Rockets. Sent out a lovely uh, hashtag, well, actually tweet about stats. They and mad. Why, and why Harden should be actually have been the MVP. Yeah, they big mad. And what would they put out some stats? They said, we, like <laughs> we respectfully disagree. Awesome. They, they laid out like six tweets. Yeah. Which is which is extreme huff coming from also, a team the, page. If you're the Rockets, also, you need to be quiet. Yeah, man. Yeah, and stop. guys about to trade CP3 because him and. Yeah. John Hart. Uh, so what whatever James Harden is They literally whatever. just it was a bunch of stats. They were like, here are the stats that Harden has that are better than and why he should be considered for MVP instead of Giannis. And that's So basically like they were just like, That's cool, but kind of thing. Here's why James Harden is, right. is the real MVP. Well right. here's why Giannis is the real MVP. It, but see now it's it's now it's it's a double sword for me because I'm like neither one of those guys. I'll just watch Kawhi have one of the coldest postseason runs. But it's a regular yes, season. It's a regular award. season award. But that's the last thing on my yeah, mind. Yeah, because it's, it's the then that's why they got to do it after the regular season. Right. You know, it's like I don't even care anymore. Right. Period. Because <laughs> MVP, I mean Kawhi didn't finish top three. Who was third? Paul George. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Kawhi was fourth. What did they even show? Nah, Jokic oh, was four. Were. Curry was five, Dame was six, Embiid was seven, Durant was eight, Kawhi was nine. Yeah, that's because Kawhi wasn't playing back-to-backs and all of that type of stuff. So yeah. I'm sure that played a role in it. But, yeah, Giannis, in my opinion, was the MVP of the regular season. He had he led his team to the best record in basketball. He averaged 28, 13, 6, 
two blocks could have been defensive player of the year. What else do you want? He, he was shot sixty sec- percent from the field. He handled bears all year. You know, um, I don't want to take anything away from Giannis, but I'm kind of stuck in the middle of feeling like the NBA is is force feeding him to us. You know, because I'm not a James Harden fan, but he put on a show every single night. So I think the Giannis thing is more about what's coming versus what's now. Yeah. They had mm, to pass definitely. the torch. Because mm. LeBron, this is the lowest. These are the lowest votes that he's ever gotten, he's ever gotten in his career. And that's because he missed a few games, too, yeah. and the Lakers didn't make the off. So all that, the numbers, numbers. And that's why I always say numbers are only a part of the equation, man. I don't, you can throw out that 36 that he averaged, which is great. Can't averaging thirty six points in the NBA season is great, no matter how you look at it. But then, like I always say, if we gonna break it down, let's just break it down. He had the second highest usage rate in mm-hmm. the history of basketball. He shot more threes than twos, and almost shot more free throws than twos. His numbers are definitely a marker where the NBA is today. And yeah. the free throw thing is just you know. His game is predicated on getting to the line. Which is nothing wrong with that. He's mm-hmm. manipulated the system. But now, isn't the usage rate, isn't that more on the side of why he's the MVP? No, because don't forget Steve Nash won two MVPs the same way on that, that Mike D'Antoni system. But like, he, come down, run on one, ISO, pick and roll, you make all the decisions. Then when they get to the offs, it didn't work. But now see, y'all want to play team ball, team, and that's why the Chris Rockets pa- were kicking the tires on the injuries all year. Well, that's you know, well. They're other professionals, though, man. True. He didn't have to score fifty points. They made that narrative, man. Them other guys can score points. That's a narrative, man. I was never going that. off that. He can score. He has. Was Huff with zero assists? Come and all on, that. bro. Come on, that bro. Was Huff. Come on, bro. You know what I mean? As somebody that respects the game, that's some two K shit that's that all, you do. That's all at I'm one saying. in the morning. You that, feel me? That's all I'm saying. You can't tell me. Uh, Danny Green, not Danny Green, Gerald Green, um, Eric, uh, what's my boy? Gordon. E. e. Gordon. But, but CP3. James Harden is out there. He's out to there. To put on a show. Well, there we go, then. If this, if let's let's keep it real. He's out there to put on a show. There we go. Let's let's just let's if we gonna factor in and, one and thing, he, let's factor them all. He was, you know, he entered, you know, he entertains to the max. I feel like he has he has more of a case for MVP than people are giving him credit for, you know, because people are tired of the extra you know extra stuff with his so, game. So let's take a step back. What do y'all feel should be the criteria for calling somebody the MVP of the National Basketball Association? The best player on the best team in the league. See, I I think it should be best player regardless of record. Who has the best season? Which which individual player? So twenty eight, thirteen, and six. With the be- on the best team in the league, that's cool. You know, re- respect. But give me James Harden, who was rewriting offensive, nah, offensive record books year after year at this point. Look, okay, what about player efficiency rating? Since that's a that's a stat. I mean, I, I I'm a Kobe fan. I never paid attention to that. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I'm a Kobe fan too, but. My eye test tells me everything, man. And like you said, yeah, hey, I don't every time away from up Giannis. and down the court. Because the Bucks showed improved. Giannis showed improved. They won 60. That was the best record in the league, right? 28-13-6. So how do we reward the kind of season that James Harden had? He do comes we need an offensive player of the year like the NFL kind of? No. 
in a defense, you know, because we get a defensive player of the year, no I, offense. You can make the year. argument that that's what some people believe the MVP is. The, yeah, the just offense. who scores the most, I and feel, that's yes. whack. Which is because why some people get, are still out here campaigning for Russell Westbrook just because they see him averaging a triple double. They're like, well, he should be the MVP. Nah, he shouldn't. And I think he's probably you know exhibit A for the kind of you know the 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 pounding one on one style of offense mm-hmm. that James Harden plays. We see with Russell Westbrook and. Tra- for some reason, he has mastered the art of getting a triple-double. James Harden has mastered the art of making it look just extremely easy. I mean, we see the way he plays, the way he scores. Nobody is really messing with that unless you're Kevin Durant. Interesting you know I mean? stat from last season. Um, we talk about PER. Giannis had 30.6. I'm sorry, 30.9. Harden had 30.6. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's it, – I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that. But, again, we're talking about you have to go back to the usage rate. That is not the If yeah, he has the ball <laughs> all the time and it's his decision to do what he wants to do with the ball, of course he's going to average 35 points. And then you can travel and t- take four steps on a step well, back, and that's another. Well, that's because both of them are. Because Giannis, Giannis, yeah. Giannis does it too. They let him get that extra step too. So it's not even about the travel. I'm not trying to even go that far. But I'm just saying it was clear to me Giannis was the MVP of the season. James Harden averaged 36. That was great. It was nice that he put up 60, like you said, 50, 60, back to back to back. Scoring stretch. Was, was, and and was that's great. great. Mm-hmm. But there are other players on the team that can score the ball. You can't tell me that that you're not a professional, an NBA professional, and you can't score the ball. That's that's ridiculous. Right. You're a professional, bro. They can score too. You have to be able to put those guys in position to score. That's another. That's a whole other thing. Now Harden definitely averaged seven assists, but again, usage rate. You got to pass the ball sometimes. You're gonna drive an alley oop into Clint Capella for five or six alley oops a game. But making the plays, that's where they fell off in the in, in the playoffs because now when all of that is dead and now we got to play a half-court offense, and that's why CP3 was salty because he like, dude, that's not going to win us the game. I'm the point guard. I know how to get everyone involved in the game. Even though CP3 has, like, never done it on any other squad. You feel well, me? he never had James Harden <laughs> on another squad either. Point taken. <laughs> so – I'm just saying yeah. I'm not taking nothing yeah. away from – because, like you said, you're not really a Harden fan. I like James Harden. I know how hard it is to get them buckets that he gets. But if you're going to compare him and Giannis, I just feel like Giannis deserved the most valuable player of the season. He shot 60% from the field, which most of his points came in the down low, which is, hey, that's what he's supposed to do if he's bigger and stronger than everybody else. But the 13 boards, the two blocks, the six assists, he got Chris Middleton to the All-Star game. Chris Middleton ain't an All-Star talking about max money, please, man. Dude is meaty. I he's I take you know you know how I go on Zach Levine. Chris Middleton deserves like he's better than mediocre, but he's not He's all-star. not an All-Star. I, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's what I that's why I give Giannis credit for MVP because he made those guys around him that much better. Eric Bledsoe played lights out this year. Absolute team on his back. Malcolm Brogdon is flourished playing, you know, alongside of him. Yeah. yeah. He's looking at a Brooke 20- Lopez and turned uh, back the clock. Resurgence. Yeah. All right, so more more award winners. Um, that man, Lou Will, won six man of uh, the year. Living Obvious. legend. 
Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Giannis was second in um, voting for that. Who was third? Paul George. Rudy okay. Gobert tried to tell y'all at the All-Star break, I do this, okay? But he didn't make the All-Star team. He did. Either. Yeah, he was tight. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was y'all don't respect happy. defense. <laughs> he was not happy. Okay, <laughs> shout out to Rudy, man. Uh, most improved player, uh, Siakam from Toronto. That was a good one. Salute uh, to Siakam. And then, no surprise here, Coach of the Year, Budenholzer for the Bucks. Cool. I saw his uh I saw his his speech. Yeah, he 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 was he gave it up, man. I, I appreciate it, Boo, for you know, shouting everybody out. He took it back to his old roots in Arizona oh, yeah. and shouted out his old high school coaches, the front office, everybody. So yeah, no surprise there. Definitely. You saw why the players rock with him for sure. Yeah. The Bucks also won basketball executive of the year with John Horst. Um there's a Ooh. lot of awards I didn't know existed. For example, yeah. Mike Conley won two awards, uh, Teammate of the Year award. I saw that one. And NBA Sportsmanship. No, that's the one I saw, NBA Sportsmanship. Won, that's, yeah. That sounds like him. And he said he, you're a good guy. Yeah, you're a good guy, man. We we, we got to look out for you, even though they just traded you Thanks, to Utah. Thanks, Mike Connolly, for everything. Yeah. He this, said this, he really doesn't care about those type of awards. He wouldn't know if he got them anyway. He, that's not what he's there for. I definitely had to look up. I'm like, okay, now what award? Right. There's, I mean, some of these make sense. Like, there's a charity one, like Community Assist, that went to Bradley Beal. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to Bird and Magic just because. I guess they were like, hey, yeah. let's give y'all another award. Yeah, let's, let's keep do, them let's involved. Let's do another documentary on uh, y'all in a couple yeah. years. Here's one that I didn't know existed the Hustle Award given to Marcus Smart from the Celtics. That's a, you know, that's definitely. <laughs> there's no qualification way for that, by the way. To, now, to the player, player that, that does don't all, usually get it, right? It literally says. The Hustle Award is is given to the player that does all the little things that help his team win on a nightly basis. You call that the Joe Kim Noah Award. Right. They actually give an example of what hustle, how, how they measure hustle. Okay. Right? This is from the NBA themselves. Okay. Diving on the floor for loose ball. Marcus Smart. Sacrificing your body by taking charges. Marcus Smart. Getting a hand in the passing lane and cause deflections. Marcus Smart. Closing out on shooters to contest shots. Okay. Setting solid screens that lead directly to made baskets for teammates. Okay. And last but not least, boxing out on both ends to secure rebounds. That's ex- that's an extreme definition of of that rewards requirements, okay? They just broke it down to but a T. I'm pretty sure the NBA has hired someone, one of them guys that you see sitting at the uh, scorer's table. This you is have a no lot of stats. ID. This is a lot of stats. So basically they, they did the math on it. Smart was top six in deflections. He was, a, he was number one in the league in deflections. Offensive box outs, number one. Defensive box outs, second. Chargers drawn six, contested shots sixth. That's in guards. I'm sorry, not the league, just guards in the league. Shout out to Marcus. Yeah, Smart. I was going to say, huh? yeah. shout out huh? to Marcus. Smart. They could have kept that award, but who am I? But you know what though? <laughs> the two previous award winners, Pat Bev, first time ever, he was he won the he first, the first first award. Okay, okay. So I feel like they just just renamed that the Patrick Beverly Award. True. Um, and then Amir Johnson last year. Well, I think he was still on the Raptors. Shout out! Uh, you see, they they finding ways to to acknowledge the other players. You feel me? It, that's kind of the NBA way with this NBA awards because all of these categories are they voted on by the players? Yeah. So the only one that isn't okay. voted on by the players is the executive award because the executives vote on that one, but everything else is players. Oh, okay, that's cool then. Hey, and the I'm sorry, the I'll take that back. Guys. The players are that's the hustle award and all that. The mm-hmm. MV, the media votes on MVP, rookie, right. six man, defensive player, most improved, and coach. So the players vote for what? They vote for the teammate of the year and the sportsmanship of award of the year. And uh, Mr. Hustle. Yeah, and the hustle. Okay, it's there. 
The okay. NBA Awards. Okay, NBA Awards. Do you think that, okay, and this is probably going to be biased because y'all are members of the media, but do you think the players should be able to vote on MVP? Just MVP. Mm, it's a slippery slope there, man, because the guys are going to vote for their guys if they have them, if they're guy, you know. So, but that would be cool. Why not? I feel like you might get a more, you get less debate because the players could, I mean, the players would all have a say on it. Right. So I think they might, you might see some upsets, honestly. You might see some people that you're like, huh? And then you're like, oh, these people know what they're talking about. Yeah, it'll be, I think with, you know, they they try to veer away from what you just said, you know. But it's tough because during the season, athletes are in that mode. Like, mm-hmm. these are the guys I'm in the trenches with. You know, so you may hear, you know, like you said, a name that it is not usually in the mix. But, you know, I think that will make it tough. The media, you know, brings a lot of politics on it. And I hate the way that the money has they gotten call, tied right, into it. Cost Clay Thompson thirty mil because y'all because he don't make an All NBA team. It's like, so you telling me these guys get to determine my bread? You cost me thirty million dollars. I'm coming to your house. On the Man, real, please. answer a question. What? Come on, brother. You, you cost me thirty dollars. I'm coming to your house. On Thank the real, you. I'm knocking. No matter what time it is. <laughs> Look, okay. we on Thanksgiving. I don't care what's going. And on. I didn't win a ship. Oh man, somebody got to pay. Remember, because he was and like, I got hurt. "What's gonna stop it? Uh, what's what's gonna?" He said, "Yeah, a ship." Uh, well. No ships and the ACL injury. Mm-hmm. I I need a head. I, no, I, I'm, I'm coming, coming for somebody. somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for somebody. Yeah. So yeah, I so I, 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 I agree with it. you on that, man. Yeah. I think I think that would be interesting, bro. It, it needs. I think the award needs. You know, could use some credibility. Players could add that for sure. I feel like it would get really petty. It could, that's it what I was saying. It could get it could get very petty. That, I'm here for petty though. Yeah, bring it on. That's why we watch like, it year round. I'd rather that than people cracking. sniping on each other on Instagram. <laughs> Imagine you don't get that, that anyway. Look, you imagine. Like, also, we get more fights because you know if somebody <laughs> ended up getting somebody knocked off thirty million dollars, you gonna see oh, yeah. malice at the palace part man, two. Part oh, yeah. two, man. Hey, what about the what was that award? D Rose. What was the D he Rose? He won the best moment. The moment of the, the, of moment the year, of the man. Year. With, with the fifty popper. Yes. D Rose. Moment with the fifty popper, man. Yeah, that man. was a special moment. I miss that man. It definitely was. I miss yeah. him. You miss you miss uh, him come on. On, on yeah on the ball. I'm yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, I feel I really he, do. It ain't, he, he ain't coming back, but I look, miss Look, Gene tries to talk sense into me like every couple months because I fall into this thing like some somehow, some way. Can we get D-Rose back on the Bulls? But that's selfish. I'm sorry. Did y'all. y'all see the article saying he was open to returning to the Bulls? I don't. I don't get my hopes up. I'm open yeah, to duh. joining the Bulls thank, as well. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I what would he say? It. What would <laughs> D Rose say? No, hell no. I'm not coming back to this. I, like, I definitely consider it, guys. Of course Let me I'll, sleep on it. Yeah, like, come on, guys. But it's that's cooked. John Paxson said it at the presser, at the end of the year presser. And we talked to Poudini, and he said, man, I'm about this bread, and I'm trying to get a ship, and the Bulls ain't on either one of those. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I thought they, the NBA put, put together a really great video of that, you know, that moment for him, they tied it into, you know, his Bulls days and brought it to where it was at that point. And I think that was the the big picture of that moment, considering everything that he had been through. That game was a symbol of, look, I'm still here. Um, I'm still, you know, I see and recognize the people that's been riding with me. Uh, but I think it also made me think about what is next for Derrick Rose. You know, what's next for our boy D. Rose? Because he is a free agent. And I think that, common sense tells you that he's played well enough 
to snatch a good contract to you know to better his situation in the, in the league. But for some reason, that doesn't it usually doesn't go that way for Derek. You know, and that's why I'm inter- interested to see where he lands, what kind of contract um, does he pull in, because I'm wondering if the NBA is you know if he's off their shit list basically. The Simeon Lakers, man. Come on, LeBron, pull some it. strings, bro. Yeah. Do y'all got to fire BJ and sign him to Clutch Sports or what? But see, now we've already seen D-Rose with LeBron and Cleveland. Ah, that was Cleveland. Cleveland's huff. But, you know, but it was LeBron, and we talk all the time about the effect LeBron has on point guards that he plays with. Well, he can – LeBron is not – not saying he fell off, but it's like, come on now, bro. You, 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 you're looking for a ship. Now, don't turn AD into Kevin Love. Because right now, AD just don't know he's a two-guard right now. <laughs> Get to the three-point line, and I'll kick it to you. And see, that's the whole other thing with Frank Vogel being the coach. It's still not Oh, a, dang, I forgot yeah, about that. It's not a guy over there that makes me feel like LeBron ain't the coach behind the scenes. He is the coach. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Even if Ty Lue was there, LeBron would still be the coach. But it, at least you have— That's my boy, though. Exactly. Right. It's everybody's guy. You know what I mean? Right. D Rose, I don't think he wants to go back to a situation where he's just parked. So over where do the you corner. see D Rose? Honest, no, he can't be parked in the corner. He can come off the oak when LeBron and them need a break. That now it's my yeah. time to run the show, and then that, at the end we can coexist. Cool. I, I would love that. Right now, what about Toronto? You know, uh, what about they got Fred? Hey, but you know they they run you know both of those guys out at some point. And Kyle Lowry, yeah, have Rose waiting in the wind for a mix on that. I'm thinking of winning situations that D-Rose should be part of. You got to think about the lifestyle, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in L.A., bro. What about the Clips? The Clippers? Because, I mean, they, they may lose Pat Bev. And if they get Kawhi, I mean, if Kawhi decides to go home. Doc, you said how this whole thing started off. It's about these free agents, man. I think a lot of those guys are going to wait to see where, who goes where, and – Come on, D Rose. Oh man. Yeah, we Ernest, need to. You didn't. You didn't. <sighs> yeah, another summer of wonder when D Rose is gonna be landed. We'll see what goes down with our boy. Just the come great, on, bro. The great Poudini, man. Come on, bro. Damn. So, is it officially? Can we? Can we lay down the hatchet? On the baseball side of things, the, the first part of the Crosstown Classic is over. Uh, we split 1-1. Uh, White Sox took game one thanks to an Eloy uh, two-run shot late in the game. Eloy or Aloy, man? It's Eloy. I think it's Eloy. Eloy, I'm calling. Look, his name is, I hit a home run really far. That's Mr. Young and Reckless right there. Off the crack I, bat. I hit a home run really far. Boom. Off the crack bat. Absolutely. And uh, we got a little taste of that, but in game two, the Cubs came uh, and and really in a back-and-forth game, Cubs shut it down and, and walked away with a W in that one. Gino, walking away from it. I thought it was a pretty tense, you know. It was some tension in the air for those two games. You know, I was in the crowd for the second one, in the press box, which, in the press box which was for the first one. What did you feel? It was. It was a little tense, man. You know, the Cubs and the Sox fans, they love to uh, let it all out when these guys meet. Me personally, you know, 
I have a different <laughs> outlook on it, man. And you call it what you want, but I and I talked to a couple of the players. I'm gonna leave them nameless. Okay. But Anonymous. they said that, and yeah, and it's also because these are newer players. They're not really hip to the whole to to fill in the, the history. Yeah. The because I even hesitate to call it a rivalry, but it, it is right. a dislike going from both sides. Right, and that's only natural. Mm-hmm. But as far as the ba- the actual baseball game is concerned, the guy said it's just another game on the 162-game schedule as far as they're concerned, which it is because you don't, you don't move any farther up or any farther down in the standards whether you win or lose. So that's how I looked at it. I I wasn't really hyped about it. Like I was, I was excited that the fans were. See now, that's where I always kind of like as a, as, you know, as much as we've seen both teams last year, the Cubs were in a situation where one game mattered. You know, and the White Sox are in a position where they were they rose to the occasion and they had to take one. You feel me? But it's baseball, man. It's not but like it is. But you have to acknowledge down the line. We'll see. It's going to be moments where you guys look back and say, "Man, we played really bad against the White Sox." But there. it's but it's not. That's not the only one game that they played bad against. You Facts. can say that against the Mets. They just lost ten to two the other day. That could be the game that they could have said, "Oh man, if True. we won that game." I'm you just know? saying that's an interesting move or a thought to have because you're playing. The South Side. But I think the that's Sox, the only reason. That's that's like the fallback emotion. But the Sox are a pretty good team, man. Oh, yeah. It's not like they're some bums. And but even I, I haven't heard that not one time. I haven't you, heard any Cubs fans say that. I haven't heard any Cubs fans say, you know what, the White Sox are, you know what I mean? I'm going to co-sign that. Okay. Because the, the conversation on the street level, at least going in the last week, was Sox fans, oh, my God, we're almost at 500. The right. team is a lot better than people giving credit. Right. Cubs fans are like, they call it, you know, talking slick, talking about some – Oh, this is y'all World Series this year. Right. <laughs> right. Thank Shout out to Spice. Um, but <laughs> basically, I think it's the, the the rivalry is a situation where it started off as a marketing thing, mm-hmm. you know, 97. But, like, I believe that that rivalry probably could be a lot crazier. And I think the first game of the series was the example of that because you had the Cubs fans who were like, we're about to smoke these fools, mm-hmm. came through and took the L. And it was a, a good game. Like, it wasn't just like Definitely. they got lucky, you know what I'm saying, hit a walk-off or something. Like, mm-hmm. it was a good game, well-pitched on both sides. Absolutely. And so I think that, and then a homer, oh, my God, you the crowd shifted. From, from Eloy, who was a Cub, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. he's our, our centerpiece. Yeah. It was, you know, drama-filled. It, it had everything that, but you, you, had the end that of, you would want. You, I mean, even on TV, I watched it on TV. Y'all were there, so you probably could speak to it. When that, that homer goes off, you hear Sox fans. Oh, yeah. And oh, they louder than the Cubs. Oh, they oh man, they invaded known. Wrigley. Don't trip. They, oh, inv- yeah. they invade. And low-key, the Sox, ha- they have more wins in the in this whole series. So, yeah, the facts are the facts. It's a second. It's, I always call it like the little brother syndrome. Right. right. You know, there's a lot of resentment. I know a lot of Sox fans who are still mad because they feel like the parade in 05 wasn't big enough. You feel me? Oh, yeah. And so it's a lot of that. I know a few of those, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's also, I think, more Sox fans who are just like, we're focused on what we're doing, and y'all going to come up here, y'all going to talk. Because I, I think Cubs fans also always make it seem like Sox fans are the ones starting the issue, when it's definitely not the case. <laughs> I can promise you that. But to that point, 
it's promising. That that was the first Cub Sox game I've watched in a long time. I was like, I mean, both of them even. Yeah. Because that first, the, like the first pitch of the next yeah. game was a homer. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Right. And so you say, okay, this is about to be. So now I'm, you, you start looking at it and you're like, what happens if we see all Chicago World Series in our lifetime? It's got to happen, man. Yeah, I think it's going, I think it's, we talked about like things that weren't on the table that might be on the table. White Sox, Cubs, World Series, and uh, Cleveland, Chicago Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, You've never probably, had to think about either probably, one of those things before. You'll probably get that Subway series first. <laughs> but look, <laughs> the facts, again, we just talking facts here. T loves to get at me about this, but these <laughs> are the facts, man. There are two different narratives on both sides of town, man. On the north side, it's basically World Series or nothing now. Yeah, The Sox are in a rebuild, and that's just what it is. So when when you say that, it's like taking shots, but it's that's not even yeah. that's not it. That's just the reality of it. But again, the Sox are a competitive team. Like I they're playing much better than I thought they would be at this point. Now I watched the game the other day and it was like, okay, these are the Sox that I thought it, that I would see more of. But the more that I watched them and I see the camaraderie. I see the guys coming together. Even when I talked That's to Tim there. for a few seconds before the game that day, mm-hmm. and they were all in the dugout kind of – it was weird. It was like a bunch of young guys, you know, Moncada. And they, it, was just, it was weird, but it, it was just showing me that, no, we're here to stay, and we hear what's going on outside. Oh, yeah. But the only thing that matters is what we doing here. So, again, I was surprised to uh, – the, the way the sock, the Cubs got at Giolito the next day, but again, that's baseball. It happens. Definitely, and I, I think what you, what you saw was that confidence that uh, that the players have been spitting out all year. They, you know, so confident in each other, and I think that's why we're seeing a different level of baseball. But when it comes to Luke, and you know, got got hit pretty good against the Cubs. He was on one of them streaks where it's like, okay, yeah, it's got to end. Something. You do, and it still wasn't a horrific display. Um, no, nah, it wasn't. He was his command against is, that lineup. His you know command I mean? was off early, and they they, yeah. they 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 just took complete advantage of it. He Struggled his numbers didn't look his numbers yeah. what didn't look too bad. It just wasn't the shutdown super dominant, you know, Giolito that we has, we had seen over the past eight starts. Right. You know, but I definitely like what we saw. I think that the fans um, feel like this is just the beginning of a special rivalry. They should a special era in this rival- right. rivalry because right. in Chicago. We've seen the Cubs walk into this just crazy goat era of Cubs baseball. It's only right that the Cub that the White Sox sneak up and, and take a bite out of it a little bit. You feel me? That I, I feel that's the only, you know, the only thing that could happen in this city. I'm I'm happy that these guys are playing well and stepping up to the plate. Uh we saw why uh Eloy is as coveted as he is. We talked about it on the last pod, and he had Cubs fans pissed. They was looking at Theo like, Joe, my boy, Quintana? And we gave up Cease, too? And you, ain't hear, look, you ain't hear a Sox fan saying nothing about Quintana. Hey, what's up, man? You see you're like an old dude you used to work with? Yeah. Hey, buddy, oh, hey, man, I'm going to get at hope you. Hope you doing well, bro. Peace. <laughs> I'm going to get at you, though. I'm on the way you look. You know what I mean? Hey. You know what I mean? Cubs fans was kind of, you know, discombobulated after their first game. You know what? I just want to send a message to the Cubs fans, man. I'm one of the biggest Talk to Cubs him, fans. But y'all got to chill, man. Like, this has been the best five years in Cubs history. Like, every time these guys step on the field, they display 
a, a spectacular brand of baseball. Of course, you're not going to win every game, but every time these guys are professionals, they show up to the ballpark ready to play every day, and they've won 90 games every year, man. It's like be easy, enjoy what you're witnessing, and fall back, man. Stop complaining every time they go on a two, three, four-game losing streak. It's baseball. It's 162 games in 184 days, man. Stop it. Chill and enjoy yourself, man. What you got to say for the Sox fans out there? Hey, sit back and enjoy it. You know what I mean? We're still at a point where we're not looking at wins and losses, but, man, the young players on this squad are looking good. Yoan Mankata is hot again. Shout out to Yoan, want no problems. Tim Anderson is still batting 320, y'all. Okay? Crazy. Putting up better numbers across the board than Manny Machado, and we talked a lot of mess about not getting him. The young guys have rose to the occasion. Lucas Giolito, we needed we needed somebody from that starting rotation to step up. He has. We're looking at the rest of those guys like, come on, but mm-hmm. proud of what Lucas is doing. And then I'm tipping my cap, and I know White Sox fans, I may be in the minority, but I'm tipping my cap to Ricky Rick, Monterey. I knew you were going to say Yeah, that. of course. Okay? He catches a lot of flack because he's a – He's a gentle giant, you know, as far as managers go. He 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 is in that category. But I think that he has created an atmosphere where these young players can come and be themselves, and that is how you play good baseball. Tim Anderson is with a team that's going to let him say all the wild things that is sending baseball purists up the tree. You feel me? But in Ricky's clubhouse, it's what up, okay? It's, yeah, we about to make this more fun, and that's what – you need, that's the type of manager you need with your young guys. Future, you guys can say what you want. If if he's the guy when we start, you know, when winter starts to matter and everything like that. But for right now, I think you got to tip your cap to, to the head White Sox in charge. Y'all you know? both made a really great point. This might be, <laughs> if it ain't already, one of the best eras in the city of Chicago's baseball history. Because the Cubs have already got three dudes. You know their numbers getting retired. I think Javi, oh, yeah. I think gonna be um, running the city for Bryant yeah. and Rizzo maybe. But I think from that standpoint, the Sox have, I think, Moncada, you know, you can make a case for Abreu, you can make a case for Eloy eventually, I think, and then T.A. It's like, okay, like that's the, the stuff I feel like you need for the casual fan to get back into it. And I think baseball True. has a problem with that right now. And remember, I saw a, a debate on Twitter the other day. I'm not sure who it was. I think it might have been CEO and David Kaplan and all of them, and they were talking about, Kaplan was saying, and Kaplan is a cubby. Oh, Kaplan yeah. is like the biggest Cubs fan out there, but he was saying like Javier Baez is the, what was it? Was the most, the most popular most popular athlete, athlete in Chicago, in Chicago he right now. He put out a poll. Where oh, did he put out a poll? He put out a poll where like 3,000 people say it was Javi. So he won? He did win the poll. And I, that's what, remember when I, because I chimed in with the eyes, because I'm like, hey, man, yeah, don't forget Javi is a star now. Oh, he's he's a superstar right you now. You know, like not just baseball fans. Like I asked some girls. I had some girls at the crib the other day, and we were just randomly talking about sports. And they started looking around, and you know, they saw all the Cubs stuff on my wall. And she's like, "I love Javi Baez," and I'm like, "All right, man." I said, "What you know about Javi Baez?" <laughs> and they just went on and on and on and on. And I was amazed because these are girls that don't. Even don't like watch. sports. Exactly, and that's what a superstar does because you can turn on the TV and see Javi in three or four commercials. Yeah. You know, you can 
go to the north side and see an El Mago jersey or, or a Baez jersey. Remember the guy walked in Starbucks the other day? He was on yeah, Instagram with, Live with his, fully, with his uniform yeah, on. Yeah, fully cubbed out. You know I mean? I'm sure he did it because I'm like, look, let me do something regular. I need to do some regular stuff for uh, for once in a while. And yep. let me just walk in Starbucks and see what happened. But that's cool. And that's the, you know, Javi is down to earth. I tip my cap. To to Javi in a way that he's embraced this fan base. So who else was Tay? It was was Tay's and, yep. and, and, uh, and Kane and, and Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack and Javi. Yeah, how yeah. is it not Khalil Mack in this Bears that's, in this Bears town? That's wild. they gotta win a they gotta win a Super but Bowl. But you also gotta consider that it was a Kaplan poll. He All has about eighty five percent Cubs fans. True. You know, voting on that poll. Yeah, I'm gonna go but, ahead and call that bias, bro. Yeah, because even with you know, like you said, the eye test, you walking to Wrigley, I'm turning my head trying to count the bias jerseys that I see, not just on kids, mm-hmm. but you know, grown men, women. I think he's hopped over Chris Bryant. Rizzo is the dude I would say, still, you know, maybe has the edge as far as pa- being the Cub. He got to pass that torch, man. Hey. I think all the charity stuff Rizzo does, it's, like, different, right? You have people who are, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the hometown hero kind of dude who's, yeah, like, exactly. active in the community. Hey, I, the nickname says it all, but now, folks. Yeah, but now we got this 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 once-in-a-lifetime generational talent that we never really had. just lighting the league on yeah, fire. Yeah, so gone past that torch, big folks. You still going to be the man. You still on the real. You still the veteran and, and of the Javi team. will carry it. Period. I mean, he'll, he'll, you know, do it justice and everything like that, but Javier Baez is – had an astronomical jump uh, as far as fandom goes in the city. Agreed, man. Yeah, so Gino, you know, we, we've been doing our thing. We're about to wrap this one up. Uh, looking forward to these next couple of weeks because it's almost Bears football time, y'all. We, I can't wait to start talking some Bears football. Khalil Mack, a.k.a. the Bear God. It's almost time to check out these guys. So Khalil Mack did. Did he edge out? He yeah. edged him out. 41, right to, 41% Look, to 39%. I know that was crazy. I'm like, listen, bro. Like, there's there's a lot of people. I, and again, I agree. Javi is an, a star. But it's, it's a Bears a, town. Bro. I was going to say, it's, it's a, a Bears, Bears town, town. Period. Bears I, town. Then if them guys win a Super Bowl, bro, you are going to see something like you've never. I'm that Cubs the parade was. From the Cubs day. Was, from the, go ahead. No, that Cubs parade was just something from another that world. Epic. That but was epic. This. Is going to be something from another planet. And just from the day that he got traded to the Bears, there's just been this completely different vibe around the city. We're going to do a live podcast at the Bears with Super Bowl live from the streets. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> there will be no survival. There will be <laughs> no. <laughs> hey. Rockstar lifestyle on deck. Let's do it. Might don't make it. Yeah, man. It's a wrap. Episode what? It's feeling like six, seven, eight. Six of them things. Six of them things, like Shaq said, man. Four of them things. Yes, sir. But yeah, man. Shout out to the Mess family for always rolling, rolling out the green carpet. Oh, super. I call it the green carpet. Oh, it was definitely the green carpet. Shout out to uh, Pritzker. I see you, JB. Now let's get some black dispensaries in the city. Let's On the real, it. man. Y'all trying to price us out of everything, but man, if there's a will, there's a way. You know, we natural born hustlers, so we're going to find our somehow. way in, man. Absolutely. But, but shout out to the people. We, we dropped. Uh, some crowns for the people. Shout out to the OG lids, um, the buck fifty, the big uh, crowns that you can grab on our website, thebigs.us. New colorways coming up in a second. Absolutely, and a bunch of things we're gonna be doing in the near future. So thank y'all for for holding us down with that. Thank y'all to the Mess family, the Underground Kings of Chicago Sports signing out. The Bigs, man. 
Two Fingers, and we will holla. It's us. <laughs>